Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sixers on a 6-0 run. Edwards guarding Harding. James Harden driving and finishing. And so it begins. The Harden era with the Sixers. Well, there you go. Kate Scott last night let history record the first basket that James Harden scored in the red, white, and blue of the Sixers. Good morning, everybody, along with Ray Dinger. I'm Glenn Mack now. Uh, 10.04, Ray, as we get the handle for our 10 o'clock show. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there is so much to talk about today, and we don't have that much time. Less now. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna move some of our normal Saturday stuff to Sunday. Tomorrow we're we're gonna do best of tell us your story, but we're gonna do that tomorrow. We're gonna move what we're watching tomorrow. The uh, Ray Didinger NFL Draft Primer is going to go Sunday because last night, Mister Didinger, there was magic in Minneapolis. The debut in Sixers red, white, and blue of the beard of El Chapo of James Edward Harden Jr. You and I spoke a little bit before the game before the game, before the show, and said this was kind of the best debut in Philadelphia sports since when? <laughs> I said the first game of Chip Kelly. <laughs> but you know what? It, that was, and, and we know how Chip ended. But the first year of Chip was pretty great, and the first game, that uh, game against Washington, was awe-inspiring. Yeah, it and was. This was, and this was awe-inspiring. Yeah, it was. It was just. It, it, it was just a lot of fun. It was yeah. just It was just. It was just a lot of fun to watch those guys play. And uh, you know, for all the folks that had been just sitting back trying to imagine what it would like, what it would be like to see uh, Joel Embiid and James Harden on the court together, you know, and sat back and daydreamed about it and fantasized about it and thought about it and dreamt about it. Well, you got to see it for real last night, and it might have been better than all of that. It, it was. was, it, was real, it was really right. It was really good. You're right, because it was the two-week buildup. They made the trade, and then he was out with the hamstring, and then there was the All-Star break, and then they didn't play for five days after the All-Star game. And, boy, he didn't disappoint. James Harden scores 27 points, 12 assists, eight rebounds in his debut. Um Sixers romp 133 to 102 on the road against the Timberwolves. You're not a, they're not a particularly good team. They're not bad. They're an average team. Yeah. A little above 500. Right. Um, here's the ultimate stat from last night. James Harden had five three-pointers, Ray, and that's exactly as many as Ben Simmons had in his Sixers career. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I love that. And, by the way, Joel Embiid had 34 points and 10 rebounds. Tyrese Maxey, who I want to talk about more today, had 28 points, shot 12 for 16. Um, give me you know, a couple of your uh, your early observations on what you watched last night. 
just amazing that it looked so fluid for the first time. You know, that was that was what amazed me. I mean, the fact that Joel Embiid is a great player, we knew that. The fact that James Harden is a great player, we knew that. I mean, that's already been documented. But to put it all together, uh, first time out, and make it look like it's been in place for years, that was what amazed me, that it was so smooth, that there were so few mistakes. Um, and, you know, we t- we, we'll talk a lot about Harden's Harden's line here, but I mean, to me, the the twelve assists might have been the most impressive part of it. You know, I mean, the threes, the five threes, was great, but you know, the the twelve assists on a day when he barely knew where these guys were going to be, yeah, that he was able to find them and get them the ball and create a lot of really good scoring opportunities for the other guys on the floor was, yeah, I, I knew he could do that. I knew he was capable of that. We all knew that, but for it to be there on night one was what surprised me the most. Yeah, it took about 90 seconds for that chemistry to develop with Embiid. Um, and I don't remember a player like this on the Sixers who can, who is able to pass and dribble and shoot all those skill sets in the same guy. Uh, I saw one old head said the, the last time the Sixers had a player with this skill set was Hal Greer. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, they've had great players over the years, obviously. Doc had amazing skills and could do things. Uh, Iverson certainly could do many of these things, but he can do all of these things in one package, and it was great. He, he, uh, he. I'm sorry, Embiid, after the game, was just bubbling. Uh, you could see how excited and thrilled Embiid was. He, um, they did the post-game interview with Kate Scott on uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia, and Embiid said, that was probably the most wide open I've ever been in my career. I had a lot of easy baskets. I used to have to work for everything. Uh, put a footnote in that one, Ray. I want to get back to that. But in the fourth quarter, the shot-making ability, the shot creation, you should have seen my face. I was just like, I've never had this. Nothing close to it. Hopefully this continues. We didn't even play our best. I think we'd be way better than this. I mean, it, it, it all boils down to, okay, you had been, not this year, but you had Ben Simmons in the lineup. Now you have this guy, and the fit between Embiid and Harden, just early reviews, as they used to say, Ray, in, on Broadway, baffo. <laughs> Certainly has to be. I mean, if, if anybody that would have panned this or you know seen, seen this game and come out of it and said, yeah, but, you know, that, that, now you're just being unfair. Uh, if 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 if, I, if you're crit- if, I just heard a bunch of that, but yes, you know, ahead. I mean, if you're going to criticize that, then you're just looking for something to criticize. At least in my view, yeah. I, I mean, it was I, I knew I knew this was going to be good. I mean, we all knew this was going to be good. Heck, that's why we wanted it to happen for all these months. Mm-hmm. But for it to be this good night one, that's what was really surprising me. And I, you know, the point that Embiid makes about you know I've never been so open. You know, I've never had these these kinds of scoring opportunities. But it makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, the whole. This gets back to everything that Ben Simmons was and everything that Ben Simmons was not. And Ben Simmons could distribute the ball. Ben Simmons could pass the ball. But he commanded no respect as an offensive threat on his own from the outside. So defenses would just, you know, Simmons would have the ball at the top, and okay, maybe he can pass it, but he's certainly not going to shoot it. So we don't have to come out and play him. We're just going to collapse inside on the big man. Well, you can't do that now. I mean, you can't do that now. If James Harden's Harden's got the ball, he may pass it. Uh, but then again, he may do, he may just take a step back and throw up a three, and guess what? It's probably going to go in. So that, you have to you, you, you now have to play him, which creates an entirely different spacing situation on the floor, not just for Embiid, but for all the players. I think you just nailed the the crux. You just hit the nut graph of the story, which is this: he's the anti Ben Simmons. 
that killer step back jumper that you just referred to and the larger effect that it has, how it benefits Embiid, how it benefits the whole team. I'm going to kind of repeat what you said, but I think you made the most important point. So I want to reiterate it. With Simmons running things, they could never navigate a, a, like a normal pick and roll because, as you said, all the other team's defense would have to do is kind of contain Simmons on the drive and say to him, hey, go shoot the jumper, which he wouldn't do, which he never did, which meant they, they would just fall back on Embiid. This, as Embiid said, this is going to make it so much easier on him and so much easier on, anybody, on everybody else. Everybody's second favorite sixer, Tyrese Maxey. Mm-hmm. Boy, did he get into the Harden era nicely. Um, 28 points, as I said. Shot after you. Love his energy, and he was clearly geeked up for it. Sixers' three top scorers had 89 points combined on 46 field goal attempts. How great is that? Yeah, pretty good. That's, that's, uh, and I think that uh, I, I watched Rivers' post-game press conference, and mm-hmm. you know somebody brought up the, um, the, the term – how many good looks um, the other guys on the floor had. And Doc immediately said that's exactly right. Because uh, everybody, and you saw in the fourth quarter, I think they hit their first eight three-pointers in the fourth quarter, which is kind of ridiculous. I mean, you know, I mean, just even if you're out there on the court by yourself, hitting eight straight three-pointers is kind of rare. So, I mean, okay, it was an unusual night. But the fact is they were all good look threes. They gave you a chance to hit them. And that's the kind of thing you're going to get. I mean, not just this isn't just going to help Embiid get some room to operate. But it's going to create great scoring opportunities and great looks for everybody else on the floor, too. Everybody else on the wing is going to get those opportunities. And, you know, and Maxi, who you just mentioned, is really coming on and becoming just a really a, – I mean, he's a star. I mean, he's in the making. I mean, you can just kind of see it. And what's, what's funny when you watch them now, and it's only going to become more pronounced as the games go on and they play together longer, is, you know, he changes the pace of the game. You know, when Harden's handling the ball, bringing the ball up, they sort of move at one speed. And then Maxi gets it. It's a totally different speed. It's like, you know, you, if you're preparing for the Sixers, you almost have to prepare for two different teams, Yep. depending on who's going to be handling the ball. I mean, they, they both create offense, but they create it in different ways, which, I mean, this team is going to be assuming that nobody gets hurt and assuming Harden can stay healthy and continue to play. This team's going to be a real, this team's going to be a real handful for everybody that's going to have to play them down the line. There's no question about it. If you if you are and listen, I'm not saying that the Bucks or the Nets are are quaking in their boots, right? Because they're not. Those are quality teams, and the Bucks won it last year. And the Nets, we'll see how their chemistry develops, with all the changes they made. But if I'm somebody associated with that team, and I watched last night's game, I would certainly take note. The verdict is a long way off, mm-hmm. but the opening statement was pretty brilliant and highly entertaining. And highly entertaining. You know what? Let's say that. Dan Wilson, our producers, put together a little bit of a montage of highlights from last night. Dan, let's hit it. Harris off the Millsap screen, kicking a Harden, corner three. Got it. Reed, no good from three. Here comes Harden. Good pass to Tyrese Maxey for two. Step back. Yes, sir. Oh, baby. Dan says, let's slow things down for a minute. Get the shot they want. Step back. Four-point opportunity for James Harden. Oh, oh, mama! James Harden make it 27 for Harden here tonight. It was a magic (laughs) night. It was, you know, you you mentioned the Chip Kelly opener against Washington 2013, right? Where the offense was unstoppable. Uh, It was T.O.'s first game as an Eagle, where he scores on that bomb from McNabb, and, and you see what you've never... 
seen before what we wanted the Eagles to be. Mm-hmm. That that's kind of what it felt like to me was we we know how great Embiid is, and we see the other complementary players, but they have been lacking that other guy to go with Embiid, and that and that's what they seem to have last night during the time. That Harden played, they were plus he he they were plus thirty five. Right, I saw that. Yeah, that's a pretty amazing statistic. I saw that there was a in that in that little montage there. There was a ver, there was a nice Allah Abdel Nabi moment that was sort of evocative of Mike Quick, just kind of an almost under his breath, just not even really for broadcast purposes, just expressing something like there was, you know, but Kate's calling the play. And you hear Al Abdanabi say, "My goodness, yeah." You know what I mean, it's just it, it's just very subtle, very. Yeah, he's impressed, and he's not even. He, it's not even like he's. That's part of the broadcast. He's just thinking out loud. Yeah, but it's uh, you, Mike Quick has those moments too, yep. and uh, it was really funny because when I heard it last night, I laughed and I thought that sounds. That's you know, I know exactly what that's coming from. That's exactly the way Mike Quick. That's exactly the way Mike Quick reacts to certain things, and he was. There were those kinds of moments sprinkled throughout that game last night. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Ray and I don't always take a ton of calls, but today is a day to celebrate. Today we're looking to take some good callers um, because it really is night. Um, I mean, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't stay up late last night and listen to WIP, but I imagine the excitement of people after that game was was something. I was hoping to see hear some of that this morning, and we certainly want to give you the opportunity to to enjoy it and enjoy it with us. So let's go to Bob in Collegeville. You're on with Ray and Glenn. Hey, Bob. Hey, guys, it's a wonderful morning, huh? Yeah. It is. Now, a couple, a couple months ago, you know, when all the Ben drama was going on, Ray, you were really pounding the table hard to just get rid of them for, you know, Manny, Moe, and Jack, whatever it was you could get, mm-hmm. um, just to get rid of the drama because you didn't want to see the soap opera. And Glenn was trying to convince you otherwise. Is there, is there anything anyone could have said to you back then to convince you to just be patient and wait this out? No, I mean, that was an honest opinion. That was how I felt at that point. I mean, I was just, I was just done with him. I was just, I was just so done with Simmons. I just wanted to be rid of him, you know. And and look, I give Daryl Morey tremendous credit because he waited it out. And there were other critics like me who said, "Get rid of this guy. Cut cut your losses. Move on. You're not going to get anything for him anyway. You're dreaming that you're going to get a bigger package down the road." Uh, I didn't. I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just, I was just so tired of Simmons. And as much as anything, I was so tired of the whole conversation. I just wanted to be done with it. And so, yeah. And but Morey didn't cave to that. I mean, he did what smart general managers do. He waited it out, played his hand, and he played it perfectly. And so that's why he's a general manager, and I'm not. <laughs> there you go. You just got to right. be patient and trust the process, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I, stop <laughs> short of that. Let's let's stop short of the process. Oh, uh, okay? we're going to get that one back. Well, let's hope that we're not going to go back there again. But yeah. if, but to your basic point about you know the fact that Morey's waited this one out, waited this one out, put up with all the aggravation, and I'm listen, I'm sure he got as frustrated as I did and everybody else did. But he understood, you know, I'm, I'm if I'm going to make a trade, I'm going to make a good trade, and I do believe that it's, that's going to be there down the line. And, and if we he, have to wait to the deadline, we'll wait to the deadline, and that's what he did. And he did it without. Losing Maxi without losing Thibel, and that's the part that's really good. I mean, look, we all like Curry. He was a nice, complimentary player, and I wish him well. It seems like a great guy. But if you're able to make that deal, part of what, to me, makes this even work better, right? So we, we look at what Harden adds, and then we look at Harden with Embiid and what those two can do together. But it works down the line because now 
um, Maxi is able to be that much better, right? E- each guy kind of moves down one notch in his role. Tobias Harris is going to settle into a new role that's going to put him under less offensive pressure. And I think it the 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 net effect is that it helps everybody. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and Maury's pa- patience, um, not even his patience, just like hanging really tough at the end and like, mm, I'm not going to give you this guy. Oh, you know, I'm not going to do it. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I heard somebody last night um, say, well, you know, this is – I wonder about – I worry about their depth a little bit now. Well, you get to the playoffs, you're not – your depth really isn't that much of a factor. You don't play much of your bench in the playoffs. You know, you're shortened up to pretty much eight players anyway, and you, you got and you got those guys. The point is that those eight have to be as good as they can be. And right now you're, you're a heck of a lot stronger in that area than you were two weeks ago. Yeah, no doubt. Brian in Glen Olden, I believe he's excited after last night. Yeah, I'm very excited, guys. I'm so excited. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to get overly excited because we were playing the Timberwolves, but they look so much better than I thought they would look. And just imagine if Harden can get into the air to Tobias and he steps up his game. I, I can see us winning the championship this year. I really can. Hey, it's, it's a viable thing. Yeah, I know that's not what, a stretch. It really yeah. isn't. Yeah. And then um, here's the thing. I think, I think and – because of the talent that we do have on the team, and I do agree with you, Ray, that you're only going to play a certain amount of players in the playoffs anyway. But um, as long as Doc don't make these bonehead moves during the game so far as, you know, substituting, keeping players in longer than what they need to be and doing these hockey shifts, I think we'll be all right. Hey, um, Ray, not Ray, I'm sorry, um, Prof, yes. I want to personally thank you for something. Yes. That you have no idea what you did for me. So listen. I'm a realtor. I sell houses in Pennsylvania, right? I yeah. go by the Rockstar Real Estate. Because of you, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a talking cold because I don't know if I can say this or not, but because of you and something you did on Facebook, I was able to sell three houses in the area in which you live in. Wow. What, what, I, I, if you, I don't you know what I'm I, talking about? You I and don't, but I, but I know that I love Hammertown. You so. Yeah, you and your wife on Facebook um, promoting a product. This helped me sell three of my houses. Okay, I don't exactly, but I, I'm, I'm I'm glad that I helped. <laughs> and, and I will, if you're selling in Havertown, you're selling in a great neighborhood, Brian. I sure, I, I just showed, I sold a house two weeks ago, right on um, Vermont Bur- Road, sure. right next to the CVS. Beautiful, well done. Yeah, I mean, as you know, Ray, I I I, I preach the marvelousness of of my town here. And well, you should. Havertown's yeah. a terrific place. I love it here. Yeah. I do. I yeah. Hey, listen, I, you know, I largely grew up in Delaware County, so I really, yeah. I really like, I really like that part of the, of the area. And I think that where you are, the, that particular pocket of Havertown you're in is very, very nice. So, it, you know, if, for, if you're a family type, if you're a family oriented type of person and you got, you know, got young kids and you're looking for a place where you can settle them, put down some roots and let them grow. Havertown is a great place. It really is. So, you know, my kids are up and out, right? My kids are grown. They have kids right. of their own. And so my wife and I are rattling around this big house. And it was, there was a time like a year ago um, when I thought, like, you know, it's a downsize, right? I moved something smaller. Maybe we could move. And I suggested to my wife, she said, where the hell do you think we're going? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I guess you're right. Mm-hmm. We're not going. We're not leaving here. No, you have. A, I mean, your house is perfect for your needs. It really is. And well, it's, it's and perfect you, and, for my needs. If I'm hosting a party of, you know, if I need ten people to sleep over. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I, hey, I love it. It's a little more than I need, but I love it. All yeah. right. 
Enough about my house. We want to talk about the Sixers. Um, as, as we said, we're pushing some of our regular Saturday features to Sunday. We have a great Tell Us Your Story this weekend, which um, Ray kind of organized, which is a, a best of highlights of famous people meeting other famous people. We're going to play that tomorrow. We're going to do Ray's Draft Report tomorrow. We're going to do what we're watching tomorrow. Uh, I will tell you, Way, I am watching a compelling documentary series, but we will, we'll get to that tomorrow. We're going to do our Scheib Sports uh, This Week in Philadelphia Sports History because it's actually very germane to our main topic. Today we'll talk some NFL Combine. We'll get some baseball in there, whatever else is on your mind. But, yeah, we know the story. The story is what happened last night in Minnesota as the new-look Sixers came out, and, boy, did they look great. We want to hear from you, 215-592-9494. He's Ray Dale. Oh, by the way, best caller of the day. Mm-hmm. Scheib Sports, $50 gift card, where there's a story in every stitch. Visit them in Center City or at scheibsports.com. Best caller of the day wins a $50 gift card to Scheib Sports. Excuse me. Ray, you want to handle that or you want to give that to Dan Wilson? Oh, I'll let Dan do it. Yeah, that's, that's my thought. <laughs> Get us off the hook. All right, Dan, it's on you. Ray and Glenn on 94 WIP. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Podcast. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Been so far, Sixers up 10. Harden, step back. And the foul! A lot of those, right? How, they shot, how many foul shots they shoot last night? I was looking at this earlier. Like... 40-something, 36 foul shots last night, Ray. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be a pretty regular uh, kind of number. Yeah. Oh, oh, definitely. And- 39 three-point attempts, 36 foul shots. Welcome to the NBA in 2022. Well, one of the things about the, the Timberwolves is they, I believe, I don't know if this is still true, but as of a couple of weeks ago, they had, they had committed more personal fouls than any team in the NBA. So Timberwolves games tend to spend, you spend a lot of time at the foul line. Mm-hmm. That's just the way they play. Yeah. And, that, and that was certainly true last night. But one of the... One of the things that's really good about the Sixers, and one of the things that you, you would say bodes well for them in the postseason, is they are a good foul shooting team. Yeah, they are. I mean, I mean, just getting rid of Simmons helps helps you a lot. <laughs> helps you a lot in that area. Twenty percent higher automatic. Yeah, but I think yeah, the Lakers is very good at foul shots. Yeah, I mean, you look at I, I, you look at Harden, Harden yeah. Embiid, yeah. and Maxi. Yeah, who are going to be who are going to have the ball in their hands more than anybody else, really. Uh, and last night was a fairly typical night. They shot twenty one for twenty four. Yeah, it's great. For the three of them. And, you know, they're the guys that are going to be driving the offense. They're the guys that are going to be handling the ball. And if anybody's getting fouled, they're probably going to be the ones going to the line. And now you have guys who, when they get to the foul line, can make the shots. All right, Ray. We're going to play a quick game of Ray Dinger, name that jack wagon. You ready? Uh, okay. After last night's game, somebody tweeted out on social media, and I, I may give you a clue or two here, but first I'm going to read the tweet. I'll give you – here's the clue I'll give you. Not local. Okay. All right. And and you're uh, you obviously know this person. Mm-hmm. Tweeted last night. James Harden is on his best behavior in his Philly debut. Efficient, unselfish, only one turnover. Sixers appear energized by his presence. And Bede said pregame, James is nothing like the stories about him. You're wrong, Joel. You can't trust him when it really counts. Just fool's gold tonight. Okay. So you want me to identify? Yeah. Who said that? Yeah. Um. I have no, I have no idea, but I'll give, I'll, the way you frame it, I will make the wild guess of saying Skip Bayless. <laughs> Ray Dinger, you, you win a new kitchen set. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are correct. Well, what a, what a jerk he is. I, well, just the way you know. I mean, every time you talk about Skip, I mean, oh, yeah. what what drips what drips from every syllable of what you're saying gives you away. I mean, you don't you don't even have to tell me who you're I read about. that I pretty know. straightforward, Ray. <laughs> um, maybe by your reckoning, not by mine. <laughs> but I, I kind of plus plus it just it just sounded like Skip. I mean, it's the kind of thing that Skip would say. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't believe what your eyes are showing you. Let's go to Mike and Marlton. You're on with Ray and Glenn. Hello, Mike. Hey, Ray. Hey, Glenn. How are we doing today, boys? Hello, Mike. Um, so I want to talk about James Harden and last night. Um, I'm not going to like get overzealous about it, but I really did think that they were going to click, and they did, and it was just really uh, nice to see them come together. Um, but the one thing I want to say is that last night, James Harden had four made three-pointers. Um, that is one shy of Ben Simmons' entire career. No, 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 um, no, 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 no. He, he had five. He had five. Oh, he did hit five? Oh, he yeah. tied it, yeah. When you were out oh, getting the wow. sandwich, he, he hit that other one. Oh, excuse me. Ah, well, that's even sweeter. Um, well, I do think that's telling. Um, the offense looked like I'd never seen it before. I've been watching basketball uh, since we were 10 and 72. Uh, it was so refreshing to see. Um, and just the way Harden can whip the ball around, it just was immaculate. I- I've never seen passing – and shooting, like, just so – like, I was making my own noises at the TV. It, it was it was something else. I, it was, was fun. Really... It, uh, Mike, great great call, uh, and it was fun. I was trying to think of the last 
sporting event we had in this town that was that much fun. And we talked about the last, you know, shock and awe was the Chip Kelly first game in 2013. And right. the last debut that to me was like this was T.O. when he came in and caught that bomb from McNabb in his first game. I will tell you, the last game I really enjoyed, and it's a cheat anyway, was when the Eagles crushed the Giants back in December. But it, it really doesn't count because it was Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm. Right. So that's not even fair. Right. Can you remember the last sporting event we had in this town? You know, the Eagles had those games where they beat bad teams, and I'm not complaining about the season. But there wasn't one of those games where I was like, oh, my God, look at this team. Look at what they're going to do. Uh-huh. This was it. Yeah. Um, well, um, the, the, la- the the game that comes to my mind in, in that sense, a game that you just sat back and you just, you just sort of said, wow, look at this, uh, was the NFC Championship game, the game when they blew out Minnesota. Before, oh yeah! Before they okay. went to the Super Bowl, was, right? Was one that look. I thought I thought they were going to win. I picked them to win, but I didn't expect it to go down that way. Yeah. And there was and when once they once they kicked open the door in that game, and once they got it gone, uh, I was just amazed I'm at with how you. at how totally they dominated. Yeah. What was a good Minnesota team? That to me was the one. You're talking about a game that was just a a shockingly fun game. I you know that NFC Championship game. It's it's sort of. It sort of gets washed away in the memory of Super Bowl and how great that was. But at the moment, that was an amazing football game. And the Eagles were underdogs, and yep. uh, the Eagles were down, and then you get the Peterson interception, and then just like all of it, it just all changed for the better. Yeah, Pat yeah. Robinson. Robinson, not Peterson. Peterson was the coach. <laughs> Robinson was the defensive back. Yep. Um, I, I, I'll get back to the calls in a second, but I wonder how many people watched that game last night. Oh, I think uh, I, I, oh, I think a ton. Oh yeah, I looked up the the ratings. The Sixers heading into last night have the fifth highest local ratings of all the teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, two. What's funny is it's two point seven, which means two point seven percent of the people are watching, which seems so low to us because we live this. But in terms of local NBA ratings, those are really good. Right. After last night, I mean, I'm sure last night it was three or four times that amount. Oh, at least. And after that, when they come home Wednesday night for his first game here, that roof is going to blow off that building in South Philly. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, that's going to be it's going to be amazing to watch. Brandon in Brookhaven is with us. Hey, Brandon. Hi, guys. How are you doing today? All right. So I, I'm a hockey guy, so I, I can't comment too much on basketball, but I am highly interested in this now because of the trade. Mm-hmm. I, I, for one, hated Ben Simmons, only because of his attitude, not because how he is or anything, but his attitude. And then I wasn't too happy when I heard about Harden because of his attitude. But watching the game yesterday, he, seemed, he doesn't seem like that type of guy. And, yeah, I know it was only one game, but – him and Joel seem pretty good together. Um, well, those are two separate things. Um, we're getting feedback here. I, Brandon, i got to let you go, and I'm sorry, but I'll answer your question. We've got an echo there, and so I, I hate to give you the, the short shrift. Uh, he and Embiid can have a great run and win a title, and, Ray, I will tell you, I'll put an over-under on this thing at, what, two seasons? Probably, yeah. Okay. To Brandon's point, um, and I, I've never met James Harden. I don't know him as a human being, so I don't, I don't want this to sound too harsh. But what we know about the NBA is it is a league where the players basically decide where they want to go, and 
move themselves around as they see fit. You see now Zion Robinson, not Zion Williamson, excuse me, is not is not talking in New Orleans to the team. He disappeared, right? Right. And it's just something that is allowed in the NBA. Uh, LeBron James is already talking about leaving the Lakers so he can go somewhere and play with his son eventually. Right. And it makes it challenging to be a fan when you know the players really have no loyalty. And I'm not going to lie and tell you that Harden has loyalty. I think Embiid probably does, but I think Harden is he's a mercenary. Yeah. Well, that, but, that's the you know, I don't like it, but I understand that that's the nature of the league. And uh, if you're a star player in that league, you have that kind of power. And everybody kind of just bows to it, you know, the, from the commissioner on down. You know, I mean, Adam Silver's the commissioner, but in title only. I mean, LeBron James runs the league. Yeah. So, I mean, that's I mean, that's just the reality of it. And if you if you, if you really pinned Adam Silver down and He'd, he'd probably have to admit it, and that's now he's the, you know, he's at the top of the pyramid. He's he's the, you know, he's the big name, and so he has the most power. But it it filters down, and that's and that's the way it's been for a while. I think it's, you know, it, it's certainly not the NBA that I grew up watching, but you know, I have to accept the fact that that's the way it is now. And you know, Harden has a track record. He got he was happy in Houston until he wasn't, and then he won it out, and then he went to Brooklyn, and he thought that was going to be great, and then he got unhappy there, and then he won it out, and. You know, what's making this thing exciting here is he, he has clearly said, and he said it on multiple occasions, this is where I wanted to be, is Philadelphia. Of, of all the places, he wanted out of Brooklyn, but the one place he really wanted to go to was Philadelphia. So he's got that. And so for the time being, he's happy, and so let the rest of us be happy. Is it, yeah. is it going? Is he going to stay here for the next 10 years? Is he going to become you know, buy a house in Havertown and live the rest of his life here? <laughs> Probably not. He's certainly more than welcome to. There was one for sale about a block away. So. And who knows? I mean, Havertown's a lovely place, and maybe, <laughs> and right, maybe right. he will. But, right, you're getting a little carried away. But, but, Delaware but, County. But, uh, yeah, but the point is, um, you know, I think we know where this is ultimately headed. But for now, it's, it's good. For now, it's real good. And this team has, and it's not a stretch, and it's not an exaggeration, and it's not wishful thinking. This team has a real legitimate chance to certainly get to the finals, and then when you're in the finals, it's just best of seven. See who wins. Yeah, and the key to this is his relationship with Morey, which is why he wanted to be here. It's, it's not that he you know, thought like, hey, I'd like to go visit the Liberty Bell. It's that he had, when he was in Houston, he was happy when Morey was the general manager, and uh, his dissatisfaction with Houston basically began after Moray left, and so coming here to be with Moray, those two guys, they got a man crush, and uh, we'll take it for now. And, and he really wanted to play with the big guy. Yes. He really wanted to play with the big yeah. guy. And, yeah. I, and I think that's, you know, the, the partnership of the two of them last night was a beautiful thing. Well, sure was. Uh, and another guy played well and sh- should be playing well is Tobias Harris. I know Tyrone wants to talk about that. Hey, good, good morning, uh, hey, Ty. gentlemen. Hi, Ty. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, uh, watching the game last night, it was fantastic, and I really enjoyed the atmosphere. I was listening to it on the radio, which was different because I was going out to the store, and uh, the excitement, you can almost feel it in the air over the radio. And uh, James Harden is, to me, he's an all-time great. You know, he's a Hall of Famer. And I think the way they were spreading the floor is and with the relation of Tobias Harris, I know he only has six points, but I think in the future they're going to use him on the weak side and have him as a backdoor slasher and a cutter. And I think 
the, the way the team is going to come together, the chemistry is building in, in the fourth quarter, you could, you could see it that there's just, just going to be a great mix of players and talent. And Joel Embiid is loving it at the interview at the end of the game. He just sat there like he was in awe of the feeling that he was experiencing. Yeah, it was and Christmas I, and, and Day he, for him. I, to, yeah, your, he, to your um, – and I and I agree with your point on Tobias Harris. And yeah, I mean, last night they didn't need him to do anything, right? Because the, the the two lead guys did, and Maxi had a great night. There will exactly. be nights. There will be nights when other guys are cold, and they're going to need Tobias Harris to do it. And I think this, as you're suggesting, Tyrone, takes all so much pressure off of him that yeah. he will he'll get better looks, he'll get more opportunity. Yeah, and I, I think the chemistry is going to build. But I think later in the in the season, and then going to, going into the playoffs. He's going to be – I think they can win the championship when they come together. They're going to have five players. They're going, they're going to average over 100 points with just their starters. Mm-hmm. And if they go eight to nine deep, you know, that's what it's going to take for them. to. to you know, in the playoffs, it's going to be really critical because yeah. every basket is going to be – take on a whole greater importance. And you're going to really see how James Harden, he spreads the floor. He's like a maestro out there. He's mm-hmm. – He's one of the few players that can mix in, uh, like scoring and assists, rebounds. He he reminds he plays the game like Tiny Archibald in the sense that he led the league back in the day when I was a kid. He led the league in scoring and assists. I I remember when he did. Yep, Ray, you had to be a Tiny Archibald fan. I was actually. Yep. Yeah, I, I was. That's 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 true. A very compelling player to watch. Yeah, he was, and um, you know. Harden has the ability, and I think this is kind of what Ty was going for, of not just being a good passer, but knowing when to get you the ball and where to get it to you. You know, get, getting you the ball at exactly the right spot at exactly the right moment, so you can so you can catch it and do something with it. Yeah, that's uh, what Embiid said. He was he was amazed with. He said yeah, I mean, it was exactly where his said. I'm not used to that. No, it's true, <laughs> and uh, and and it's again. We'll come back to the point that we made right at the start. Was for it to be there on the first night is what was really surprising. You know, you got great players together. You know that great players are going to make great plays. I mean, that's just what they do. But for it, but you don't expect it to all fall into place the first time they play together. But last night it did, and you know, if if that's how it starts, then you then you just sit back and say, "Geez, how good can this be?" I mean, maybe really good. Maybe really good. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Ray Dittinger, Glenn Mack, now on ninety four WIP. After the end of a good fight. You deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Get him just in motion. 
the drive. Reed no good from three. Here comes Harden. Good pass to Tyrese Maxey for two. He saw Maxey fill in that lane. Soon as he got that loose ball rebound, he knew exactly what he wanted to do. So, uh, by the way, Ray, at uh, noon we're going to have Derek Bodner on, who is, I mean, knows the Sixers as well as anybody in the, in this market. Mm -hmm. And um, I said earlier that, uh, you know, you, you don't take too much out of one game. But if I'm if I'm a fan or an official or a player with the Bucks or the Nets, I did watch that Sixer game last night, and I, I certainly took note of it. And speaking of the Nets, Nets coach Steve Nash said yesterday that conditioning is the – thing keeping Ben Simmons off the floor right now. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Goran Dragic, who's played only five games this year, who's 10 years older than Ben Simmons, is going to play tomorrow. And there was a piece – you get the New York Daily News all the time, right? Yes, I do. Yeah, there was a piece in the New York Daily News that's starting to question Simmons' toughness and determination. <laughs> uh, Christian Winfield, who I'm not familiar with but writes for the Daily News, said, Simmons is the biggest mystery omission from the Nets' rotation. He is 25 years old and has been working out all year, despite being away from the Sixers. Yet Nash says Kevin Durant is closer to returning than Simmons. He, they're going to learn quickly, I think, what he is. And Simmons is absolutely going to miss that game here. Was it March 10th, March 11th? March 10th. March 10th. There's no way he's going to play in that, right? It's two weeks off. Yeah. You mean he's, he's, he's not going to be ready to play by then? I'm asking you. Well, I mean, when the trade was made, um, and we did the show like a day within a day or so after the trade was finally made, and you know, I had I had looked as everybody looked immediately, went to the calendar and looked up to see, okay, when when do the Nets play the Sixers? Okay, March the tenth, and I I introduced that into the conversation with you. I said, oh, I can't wait for March the tenth to see Ben Simmons come back, and you said, I don't think he's going to play, and I and I laughed. I said, oh, come on. Now, why wouldn't he play? I, said, I just and you said I just don't think he's going to play. Nothing has changed my opinion. And you. yeah, and yeah, at the time I thought, oh, that's just you know, oh come on, you're being silly now. I mean, but now I'm starting to think that you're right. I'm starting to think that you're right that this guy isn't going to play in that game, which is, I mean, it's just it's just unthinkable. Let, let let's just get right down to it. He doesn't want to play. Correct. It's, it's it's not a matter of what team he's with, what arena they're walking into, who they're playing against. It, do, it doesn't matter. He doesn't want to play. Yeah. You know, he likes the life. He likes yeah, the he money. He wants the lifestyle. He wants the things that go, the benefits that go with it. Yeah. The he, adulation, he, so on, the yeah, girlfriend. But you get right down to it. He doesn't want to play. Nope. No, and they and I'm telling you, they're going to they're gonna start questioning this pretty heartily in New York pretty soon. Well, apparently they already are. They're, uh, yep. Well, what do you think the atmosphere is going to be like, speaking about New York and speaking about James Harden, what do you think the atmosphere is going to be like at Madison Square Garden tomorrow for that game? I mean, I know the Knicks are the Knicks are falling apart and are getting ready to fire their coach, and you know, yeah. it's it's the it's the usual it's the usual fire sale coming in New York again. We've seen this a million times over. But what do you think that atmosphere is going to be in Madison Square Garden when when the Sixers team takes the floor with uh, with Embiid and Harden now? And if they put on a show like they put on in Minnesota, but now they're doing it in Madison Square Garden, that should be a lot of fun. I think it's going to take about into the middle of the second quarter before the Knicks fans start um, sarcastically cheering for the Sixers. That's what I think. You think? Yeah. You think Spike Lee is going to be high-fiving James Harden as he comes down to court? As he, yeah, as he shoots dirty looks at the owner. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's it. I mean, it's a terrible franchise, and for New York, you can't be that kind of franchise. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
If you're in like one of the hinterland franchises of pro sports, you can be that. But you can't be that in New York. It is, here's what it is. It's the Flyers being pathetic, but even on a bigger scale. Yeah. You can be a pathetic NHL team in Columbus and nobody cares. When you're a pathetic NHL team in Philadelphia, it matters. When you are really one of the flagship franchises of the NBA and you're that pathetic, that's really bad. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I remember Pat Riley when Pat Riley was was coaching the Knicks. Um, and that was a really that was a really good era of basketball because the oh, Knicks yeah. are really good, the Pistons are really good, the Bulls are really good. I mean, oh, it's tough stuff. too. I mean, it was it was it was a real tough it was a real tough hard nosed era of basketball. Uh, and the Knicks embodied a lot of that, you know, with Starks and uh, and and a lot, and, and yeah, and, and all of those guys. Ewing. Yep. And uh, and I remember Pat Riley one time saying, you know, the NBA is. It, it sounded self serving when he said it, but the more I thought about it. I said, I think he's kind of right. Um, is the NBA is better when the Knicks are good, and yeah. and it sound you know it sounded like he was sort of patting himself on the back, and you know and and sort of patting the franchise on the back. But the more I thought about it, it kind of is you know because it is. I mean, there is there is certainly glamour to New York, and there is absolutely glamour to Madison Square Garden. And if the Knicks are lousy, which they've been lousy more often than not lately. Um, it hurts the league as a whole. But when the Knicks are really good and they're playing big games on national television, it, it helps the whole league. I think Riley was right when he said that. I think the NBA is about New York, Los Angeles, Chicago at the first tier, right? Sixers, I'm trying to think of who else I would put on. Like the, the second tier of cities that like the whole world will get charged up about, right? Sixers kind of just a notch below that. And you you think back when San Antonio was winning those championships, that was a really good team, and it was a fun team, and they had those two big guys and so on, but it it wasn't the glamour with that. Right. Uh, And I want to get back to the calls real quickly, but just tell me you're not going to extend that philosophy to football and tell me the NFL is better when? The Giants and the Jets are good? No, 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 no. (laughs) The Cowboys, because I hear that argument a lot. Oh, Oh, okay. And I'm not buying that one. Uh, no. I just ripped oh, San I, Antonio. I, 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 I wouldn't go that far. Good. I just ripped San. I didn't rip San Antonio, but I, I kind of. Did. Mike is calling us from San Antonio. Mike, I love yeah. your town. Well, I um love listening to you guys because it connects me back to Philadelphia where I grew up. So uh, I want to talk about the Sixers and scouting. It seemed like in the playoffs and years past. Uh, Sixers were an easy scout, mainly because of Simmons. But it seems like Maury may have a great formula with Harden and Embiid. And I was just curious what you guys thought about the ability of teams to shut uh, the Sixers down based on the weaknesses that they have, and maybe that they have a lot less weaknesses. And I was just curious what you thought about that. And then I also wanted to talk about um, mercenaries who came and helped the Philadelphia teams be successful. Okay. Well, to your to your first point, yeah, I think I think Harden addresses one immediate issue that this team has battled with all year, which is their inability to run an offense against its own defense. I mean, if you saw if you've seen the Sixers at all this year, mm-hmm. you've seen how teams would go to a zone and it just shut the Sixers down. I, I mean, they just couldn't they just couldn't penetrate, they just couldn't make plays, they couldn't sustain offense if teams played a good zone against them. Well, you bring Harden in here, uh, and he's you know he's the definition of a zone buster. You know, I mean, he will, you know, he can penetrate for sure. 
but he also has that step back three point shot that I mean he'll he'll stretch your defense and create opportunities for the other guys either by driving it by shooting it or by passing off, and so mm-hmm. they're far with the addition of Harden they are far far better equipped to attack zone defenses than they were before. Awesome, and uh, I think that bodes well. The free throws also really help in the playoff situation. Mm-hmm. I think um, when the game slows down into the half court. But uh, the mercenaries, uh, I was thinking about Pete Rose in 80 and 83 and Joe Morgan and uh, T.O. was obviously kind of a mercenary pickup and we've had great success. So I wouldn't hold that against Harden. No, no, no. I'm not saying I hold it against him. And your point is well taken. I I just recognize that as a reality of of sports, but of basketball more than anything. Because in basketball, players have more of an ability to create – their situation and where they want to go and force out and abandon fan bases. I mean, Pete Rose was a legitimate free agent who played out his contract, bided his time, didn't quit on – he came here from the Reds, right? Yep. Okay. Didn't quit on the Reds, finished up his contract with the Reds, and then was a free agent, and they signed him here. Um, in terms of basketball, guys all the time just kind of force themselves out of market, and that's it's a little bit of a different situation. But, hey, he's our mercenary now, Ray. We'll root for him. You know, I remember when Pete came over from Cincinnati to Philly, and everybody talks about 1980, how instrumental he was in winning the World Series here in 1980. And I, I still to this day say that they would not have – they would Phillies would have never – that team would never have won a World Series if they didn't get Pete. I mean, I think he really was the last missing piece. But people forget he was here in 79, too. He came in yeah. 79, and they didn't. They didn't get even to the playoffs in 79. The magic happened in, in 80. But I still remember in 79 – when the Phillies made their first trip to Cincinnati, when Pete Rose went back to play against the Reds in Riverfront Stadium, then Riverfront Stadium, going back there, because that was a big deal. So the newspaper sent me along with the baseball writers. It was a big deal. And it was so odd to hear Pete Rose actually booed there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When, when, he, when, he, when he came out, when he was introduced for his first at-bat, I mean, there, there was largely cheers. But, I mean, there was a lot of booing. Uh, it, and that's... You know, it was I because we were, took a lot of odds in the press box. Is he really going to get booed? Are the Cincinnati fans really going to boo Pete Rose? But at that time, that the uh, that idea of free agency, you really were you really were Benedict Arnold, and that was how he was treated in Cincinnati. By the way, speaking of that era, we're about uh, next segment. We're going to do our uh, Scheib Sports this week in Philadelphia sports history, and it plays into all of that and relates to what we just start seeing with James Harden. 215-592-9494. Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack now. Saturday morning on 94 WIP. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.